welcome to the Glow Journal Podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the co-founder of Abati Swiss, Shireen Durig. Shireen's mother, Andrew, is driven by a wish to educate and empower young women. A British-born Indian who now lives with her family in Switzerland, Andrew has been described as a serial entrepreneur, with each of her endeavours linked by her passion for giving back. She studied sociology and ethnology, she worked as a social worker in the UK, and was instrumental in setting up a shelter for victims of domestic violence. Her interest in beauty began in the same way her daughter Shireen's did, with both women being introduced to the time-honoured beauty rituals of their Indian heritage from a young age. After relocating to Switzerland, Andrew travelled to the Himalayas whilst working with an NGO and learned about native plants from the tribal farmers she met. Inspired to combine their teachings and Swiss science with the aforementioned time-honoured Indian rituals, Andrew launched Altitude Active Beauty Company Abati Swiss in 2015, with Shireen officially joining the brand as both co-founder and trade marketing manager last year. Each Abati Swiss purchase funds days of school for girls in India through the brand's partnership with Educate Girls, with the brand having enabled over 530,000 school days at the time of recording. In something of a full circle moment, 1% of the brand's revenue is given to environmental organisations like WeForest in partnership with 1% for the Planet, WeForest being one of the organisations Shireen's mother co-founded. In this conversation, Shireen shares the importance of retailing through true brand builders, how her mother inspired so many people to aid the brand pro bono, and the surprising connection between a Barty Swiss and a perfume brand with a particularly cult following. I have read that your great-grandmother used to sort of mix her own lotions and potions and then she would massage them into your mother. I wonder if you had any similar experiences. What's your very first memory of beauty? Yeah, I mean, we had that a lot. I grew up with having coconut oil, amla oil in mm-hmm. massaged into my head and I didn't really appreciate it at the time. I think it was the same for my mom. It's like you feel like you're being marinated in these oils and left to marinate like a pickle, but... Now with age, I feel like, yeah, I can really start to appreciate what rituals she has given me along Mm -hmm. on my way. So yeah, that was one thing. And then also a first kind of experience with beauty for me was that I was gifted the Neil, I don't know, do you know Neil Yards here? No. Neil's Yards? I think it's Neil's Yards, yeah. So it's like this, um, it's actually a beauty brand Mm -hmm. um, that has been around for ages and I got given a DIY beauty book like you do like different face masks and all of those sorts of things so I would make like mix those potions and I would film it and put it on YouTube oh my god yeah so I had my own YouTube channel when I was 10 and I loved doing it I was like filming these strawberry face masks mixed with oats and yogurt and it was just so funny and I would like like, slather it on my face so yeah that's what kind of my entry into beauty was so that was what, 16 years ago? I'm so jealous that you were learning this from a book. When I was a child, I was trying to mix things and I was just getting water and <laughs> like flower petals and going, perfume, that's yeah. it. Ta-da. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, yeah, I did that. And then YouTube also, there's so many like 
YouTube tutorials there yeah. and I just loved following them and just like learning my own potions wow. I would meet once a week with one of like my best friend at the time and we would just like smear everything one time we did like a ketchup and mayonnaise mask with like just mix everything then we do banana and avocado and just mix it all in in our hair masks and yeah it was I'm assuming funny. none of those products will be making it into the range no, in the foreseeable none of those, future unfortunately. <laughs> it's prob- probably for the best okay so yeah. you clearly had an early interest in beauty but what did you think you would be when you grew up I actually, so a few years ago, I wanted to be a natural practitioner, Mm -hmm. like a holistic practitioner, I think you call them. Um, A, can you, I can't say that. Kinesiologist? Yeah, that's what I really wanted to do at the, when I was younger, because I had a really good experience with mine. And Mm -hmm. I just really wanted to help people the way that he was able to help a lot of people in my family. Like he really had such a holistic approach of health and really kind of looked at the cause of the Mm. issues and not just fighting the symptoms. So that's something that really stuck with me and that I wanted to do. But then as the years kind of, as I got older, I then wanted to become a dentist. So that was like Ah. my final thing. Yeah, so I had all the materials that I needed to study for the exam. So Mm -hmm. up until the age of 18, I wanted to be a dentist. And then travels got in the way I like mm-hmm. decided that I wanted to travel and that completely changed my my outlook and what I wanted to do. And so I got back from my travels. I wanted to continue travel but still have a base in Switzerland. So I would um I worked as a flight attendant for one wow. and a half years. Yeah. And then I was able to travel through that. But at the same time, yeah, have my base, like build my circle in Zurich mm. and after that, I then threw a friend actually from flying that kind of changed my whole plans. I, she introduced me to my course, which was design management. Yeah. That's the degree that I did. So I did that degree and at the same time always was involved at a party. So that was kind of like how that all developed. And yeah, so I kind of got away from the whole dentist thing. I just kind of wanted mm. to step into beauty more full time as in yeah, the family business. I mean, in an alternate timeline, had you been here two weeks prior, you could have been doing my wisdom teeth for me. Exactly. So true, <laughs> true. <laughs> Tell me a bit about your mother. I, I've i read that she was a social worker. I think she was pretty instrumental in setting up a women's shelter specifically for women, I think, who had... Yeah, victims of domestic violence. Mm. Incredible. In what ways has she inspired you? So mom, she's always been such a strong figure in my in my life. She came to Switzerland when she was 21. So she left her home country. She didn't know the language in Switzerland. She didn't have her friends, her family around. So she just kind of built her own, yeah, her own thing up, I guess. And she never, I never heard her like complain about it. She was just so strong. She was just so like inspired and well determined I guess to do what she felt was right and yeah so that's how kind of how she influenced me a lot she always showed me like that hustle mentality Mm. and really to not take no for an answer she would really teach me like she I saw her stand in front of people and she'd just be like no like like listen to what I like the the project that we're doing and this is just like she's yeah she's an amazing woman and she is definitely a big big inspiration for me not taking no for an answer seems to be a common thread with these founder stories I can't imagine anyone hearing no and then going 
Okay. Yeah. No, you have to be, especially like with the competition, you have to be so adamant. Like you have to just mm. stick with it and yeah, can't give up. Your mother founded Abati Swiss somewhere between 2010 and 2013. I feel like the... 2015. Ah, there you go. Okay, mm. so that must have been product yeah. development. Yeah. Every time I look at when a brand's launched, I'm like, okay, but this has been in development for some years yeah. prior. Yeah. What was the, the gap that she was looking to fill? Yeah, so mom, through her work at an NGO, she was able to travel up to the Himalayas where mm-hmm. she met these tribal farmers and in these tribal farmers, she just saw this beautiful glow in their, their hair or in their mm-hmm. skin. And she kind of asked them about them, like, what are your tricks? Like, what are your secrets? What do you do? And they shared these amazing plants and these ingredients that they use in these rituals. And a lot of them resonated with her because she had grown up with them as well by her mom. Um, but at the same time, she realized that she tried to use these things on myself and my sister and us being half Swiss, half Indian, mm-hmm. our hair structure and skin is quite different. So these oils were often just too heavy for us. It would weigh down our hair, mm-hmm. it would make um, our skin look greasy. So it just didn't work like it would on an Indian, mm-hmm. on an Indian, on a f- 100% Indian. So she then wanted to fill the gap of like how to bring these amazing ingredients and these rituals to others in a way that it works for everyone. So we have this very adaptive technology. It's called the Abati complex. So the Abati mm. complex, it's the carrier system. Yeah. So it's basically like a capsule around all these cold pressed oils, emollients wow. and actives. And then this capsule will, in your hair and in your skin, like a radar system, it'll find the exact spots that need support so for example you have a dry scalp and Mm. it'll it'll identify that and it'll dock onto those areas and it'll then slowly from the inside out release those corpus oils emollients etc without weighing your hair down so that's how mom was able to formulate and use these indian ingredients but then combining them with the ingredients from the swiss alps Mm. and formulating them in switzerland with that technology that was how she was able to fill that gap and bring it yeah, to everyone in a way that it works for everyone. Wow. So how did she go about physically bringing this brand to life? It's one thing to have the idea. It's one thing to say, okay, this is the gap that I want to fill. But how did she go about, I guess, raising capital, sourcing packaging, finding the right manufacturers? There are so many steps that go into physically getting a brand off the ground. Yeah. It was actually mainly about or with word of mouth. Yeah. So that was that's what we still heavily rely on because we invest so much into R and D. So a lot mm. of so much goes into research, into the scientific part, and then also our our projects with Educate Girls and the yes. so the environmental projects that we do. So we never really had the resources to really be very vocal about it in the sense that we had to use that we were using those funds for other things mm. so it's really word of mouth and finding partners like mecca for example mm. which is such a like a an amazing partner for us because they are brand builders so they really see your vision and they they understand and they live that ethos or that that the, yeah that ethos themselves mm. as well so that's how we kind of worked we kind of yeah just shared our mission and and through that there was so many people that wanted to be involved pro bono mm. as well so wow. so i was talking about this the other day that um 
for arsen, for example, which is quite interesting for Australia because eccentric molecules is quite a big thing here, mm. right? So the founder, Geza Schön, he um, formulated arsen for us pro bono. He just heard of our mission and what? mom, yeah, she flew down to Berlin on a Saturday and stood in front of him and she was just like, look, we're doing this project, it's called Abati Swiss and we really want you to be involved. And he loved it. He was just like, and he's so busy. He's oh, not going to, yeah, <laughs> he does not work on projects that he's not 100% convinced of. So that was such a proud moment for us that he wanted to be involved and that mm. he formulated the scent together with mom. So kind of, yeah, word of mouth. It's just all about that and kind of letting the product stand on them, like formulating them in a way that they speak for themselves as well. Like I know I am so convinced and we see that, that as soon as a person uses our products they fall in love and mm. it really speaks for them for itself like the, they really see the results of the products so that's how we went about with that we've never really done celebrity and like the whole celebrity mm. endorsement we've done we're not into influencer marketing mm. that's re not really what we're how we've been building it we're more about word of mouth and letting the product speak for itself yeah You've given me a really good segue because I love talking to brands that have essentially created their own category because, of course, it's amazing to be first to market with anything, but then there's this huge education piece that has to come with that. So knowing that you were really relying on word of mouth, what was the reception like on launch? How did you go about getting that education piece across? Again, word of mouth, like just kind of getting people to try the products and then them falling in love and sharing it with their community and telling the Abati story it's very complex like there's so mm. many stories and it's the science behind it and the whole yeah just the whole story it was that was a lot for us like we still up to date struggle with being able to communicate it in a way that it still kicks it like it, it like it makes sense in a short, in maybe like 30 seconds. Like how yep. do you explain Abati in 30 seconds? Cause there's so many stories and so many beautiful, like each and every single ingredient has a story behind it. So that's kind of where we still struggle with the whole science aspect and everything. Like there's just so much mm. that is behind Abati, which is also a really nice thing to have or a nice challenge to have, I guess, because a lot of brands that we have heard of, it's just like they have the products, but they don't have the story to go along with mm. it. So it's like for us, it's just now kind of sharpening the brand and, and bring that communication across. I'm not mm. sure if this answered your question. No, this is perfect because, I mean, the answer to me is storytelling. It's more yeah. than just products. Yeah. So the way to get it into people's hands and then subsequently their routine is if they know the story. Mm. I yeah. love that. What um, retail retail channels, sorry, were you being sold through initially? Obviously, you're in Mecca currently, but to begin with, was it just direct-to-consumer? Where did it all begin? We actually started looking for partners quite early on. So we did online, but then yeah. we also looked for partners, like I mentioned, like Mecca, that are brand builders and that mm. we actually joined Mecca really early on. Um, jo, the founder of Mecca, she... I'm not sure how she found us out about us, but she... Oh, she has all sorts of mysterious ways of finding everything before <laughs> everyone else is across it. And yeah, that, that's just amazing to have that support from someone who mm. has like the the structure already and the resources mm. and to, yeah, kind of helps like together in a tandem kind of build this mm. brand. Um, so that's, yeah, we 
we are based on a distributor model so yeah. we work with distributors and that's how we were able to stay lean mm. we're still a very small core core team we outsource a lot like as in um e-com for example or logistics we mm-hmm. outsource all of that so that's how we as a niche brand who's still growing and still has to stay very scrappy in a way that's mm-hmm. how we're doing it yeah you joined the brand late last year as a co-founder and trade marketing manager what led to you joining the brand in this sort of official capacity so i have always been involved at a party since the beginning mm-hmm. i always wanted to be involved with like with the name with the packaging with the formulations we'd always there was such a long back and forth of testing products all the time mm-hmm. until we got the form- like it's still on average would take us like one to three years to to formulate a product but yeah i was always very much interested and in wanting to be involved at the same time i wanted to gain my experiences in the different fields like mm. i said i was traveling i was studying i was working um, in a different beauty company who actually sells a party but i just kind of wanted to gain that experience but then for me it was really after my studies it was quite clear that it's, it was an, an active choice like either i i go into this 100 percent, or mm-hmm. i do something like you can't really i feel like you can't really do it part-time because mm. you'll always work more than and you always especially if it's your own company i just noticed now it's like you spend you just want to spend as much time mm-hmm. on it as possible so yeah for me what i really saw a gap or something that we really wanted to push was um sell through so yeah. activation because getting into a market is one thing and that's I would even go as far as saying that's the easy thing Mm -hmm. but then actually being successful in that market and supporting those partners and working like yeah making it bringing it to a successful um how do you say just what I'm taking from the way that I see this and not to say that one strategy is correct or incorrect but the approach with Abati seems to be the opposite of these you see these startups Mm. who will have so much hype and they'll put so much into endorsements influences whatever it might be the initial sales are amazing because everyone's buying into the hype and then they have no return customers and then they end up collapsing within about 18 months Mm. i feel like this is kind of the reverse approach i mean a launch in 2015 and then a steady build yeah backed by storytelling yeah i think there it's just like like i said it took us but first of all it takes us a long time to formulate the products in a way that we they are ready to to or they are at the point where we want them Mm. to be um we will also never have a huge huge product line because we think less is more you don't need to have a 10 step skincare routine we we don't follow trends Mm. we never really yeah i mean it's it's easy or you could do that like you could do the influencer marketing and and step into the the market that way but then it just yeah we always made sure to build the brand on a foundation Mm -hmm. that's here to stay so it's a very like it's the heritage brand that's also why we do the packaging the way we do it Mm -hmm. it's like it's not following trends and not just being very timeless the design the scent like everything is and the the foundation the science that we use it's like using these time-honored rituals and and combining them with science in a way to make Mm. it modern but that you can really reap the benefits of them Mm. 
knowing that you aren't following trends and also how long it takes to physically develop a product, how does that process work for you? Are you constantly thinking about what might come next? Are you working off what your consumers are asking for or is it a balance of the two? Yeah, so we love we love hearing feedback from our customers and hearing what they would love to have in their Abati product palette. Um, at the same time, we're doing a lot of work with our scientists. And so how we work is we reverse engineer. So we, mm. Abati Swiss is Altitude Active Beauty. So Altitude Active, Active Beauty, we found out, is the secret to healthy aging in a non-invasive and natural way. So what that means is that we kind of our scientists looked at our skin and our hair and kind of tried to figure out like what does our skin and hair have in our 20s when it's Mm -hmm. its best it's the plumpest it is or the bounciest and what then over the years happens and what actives are needed to bring our hair and skin back to that state as much as possible so we then from there we formulate with those actives needed that's how we've make every product from scratch also a reason why it takes us so long to develop Mm. because every product is made from scratch with those actives needed to bring our hair and uh, skin back to that that state so that's Mm. kind of how we work so we yeah we'll never have a big big product palette it'll always um i mean we're definitely looking at things we think are really up and coming and will because for example we see a huge trend in hair Mm. like people are really more and more interested in hair and taking care of their scalp and seeing the scalp as an extension of their skincare Mm. we talk a lot about um yeah skincare for your scalp because what a lot of people don't know is that your scalp ages 12 times faster than the skin on your body what so that's something where we terrifying yeah that's like and i mean healthy hair at the end of the day, it stems from a healthy scalp. Mm. So what we do differently at Abati is that we look at, well, we prevent the damage. Instead of fixing the damage, we prevent the damage from happening in the first place. And that's where we focus because a lot of products you'll want to try to to fix the damage that's already there. Whereas that this is something that we've learned from the Indian culture that's mm. very apparent there that you make sure that the, or you try to not have the damage appear or come in the first place, happen mm. in the first place. So you um, look at the cause, like the root issue, so which means that we focus on the first stage of the hair growth, which is the anagen phase. That means that the anagen phase is on average, it takes two to eight years. So two to eight years that your hair follicle, it's like the... Um, bulb is secured Mm -hmm. so the hair follicle is secured to the blood vessels and that's the area where your or the the phase where your hair can actively absorb yeah Yeah, that's the phase where your hair can actively absorb those actives and that's why our our products are actually clinically proven to that your hair breakage is reduced by 98 percent and it's clinically proven to lengthen your hair and make your hair stronger because we focus on that phase for that damage to not happen in the first mm-hmm. place because the products like really the actives secure that bulb for that hair loss to not happen wow you mentioned the abati complex mm. earlier i would love to hear more about this is that delivery system if you will is that in every single product 
Yeah, so wow. the Abati complex, no, so it's in every product that has water in it. Yeah. So the Abati complex needs water to be able to um, to work. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, in all the liquids, not the oil. The oil can't carry the, the mm -hmm. Abati complex, but all the other products with the water in it has it. And the Abati complex, I don't know if you want to know more about it. I would it. love to. <laughs> So it basically the altitude actives that I was telling you mm. about before, they are inside the Abati complex. Wow. So they are encapsulated in that complex. And the complex has is just such an innovative technology and it works so well because it will adjust and cater to the person's needs. So it'll find out what you need and it'll then um, slowly release those those ingredients from the inside of the capsule and also yeah it's just like it takes for example in the hair it takes some time to get rid of all the buildup that um, is likely on your scalp so it kind of first gets rid of all that buildup and makes way for the up uh, for those beautiful ingredients mm. to then be able to penetrate your your hair shaft and your follicle wow Abati Swiss is the first brand in Switzerland to receive B Corp certification. First of all. Oh, there you go. What does that actually mean? So B Corp is actually, we're very proud to be in the first four beauty companies that got the B Corp certification because what that means is that basically what that you're, as a business, you're using your business as a force for good. Mm -hmm. So B Corp, if you're certified or B Corp does like rigorous assessments of companies to make sure that their pol policies mm. and just everything is in place and what they're claiming that they're doing is what they're actually doing because I struggle with that myself a bit I get a bit wary when I hear that a company is doing that and that project mm. and they're like it all sounds good and I'm, I'm never sure is it just marketing or are they actually doing this mm. so that's where looking out for a certification like B Corp really comes in handy because you know that someone is doing that assessment and is mm. checking and making sure that the company is is really doing those projects. And yeah, so we have a yearly assessment through B Corp and you get a B Corp score. And yeah, we're super proud that we're we're among those those mm. companies that are B Corp certified. You're also a part of one percent for the planet. Yeah. What does that partnership entail? So one percent for the planet. Actually, that's where the circle closes because the work that Mom used to. So the NGO that Mom helped mm -hmm. set up was We Forest. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So We Forest plants trees, which is an amazing means mm. of cooling the earth. So there, we partner with We Forest. We um, donate one percent of the revenue to wow. We Forest. I would love to also hear about Educate Girls. You touched on this earlier. Mm. This this is the part of the story that I think needs to be sort of hammered in because this is so yeah. special. This is an organisation that supports initiatives educating girls in rural India. I feel like I need to read that because I <laughs> so want to make sure the message is conveyed. This does feel like a really natural partnership for the brand. What can you tell me about it? Yeah, so... Education and empowerment of girls was always mum. That was like at the core of what mum wanted to mm. do. So we partnered up with Educate Girls at the very beginning of our of our party, um, of our journey. And that means that with every product that you purchase at a party, you are enabling school days for girls in rural India. 
So every product sensor go to school and up to date we've been able to enable 530,000 school days with the help of wow. people who are yeah, supporting us and using our products. And yeah. Wow, every product sends a girl to school. That's yeah. uh, Well, every product enables school yeah. days for girls in India. Yeah. Incredible. You have clearly had a vested interest in beauty for quite some time based on the YouTube channel that I'm <laughs> going to try and dig up. Over the last few years, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen within the beauty industry? I think some of the biggest changes is or are that the consumer is getting smarter and smarter. Mm. They're really looking into what they're using and the inky lists and what the yeah. brand is, like their ethos, what they're doing, their sustainability projects, etc. That's a really nice development that I'm seeing more and more. I'm also seeing more and more, I think I mentioned this in the beginning, is the combination of the science with nature. Mm. So we for example are also like heavily looking into biotech because the whole like for example well there's there's ingredients that are being depleted from from the earth mm. right so biotech is actually a great means of being more sustainable by not depleting the earth of those resources so that's what we're really looking into and we're using as well um yeah i think those are two main things and then also just the whole Hair care, that area mm. is such a growing a growing area, which is really coming up more and more. And also a, th a fourth thing is definitely like looking at beauty from a holistic point of view as yeah. a ritual wellness. It's like not just the beauty products that mm. you use, but also the lifestyle that you live. And um, that's also why we share, we, we're a lifestyle brand. So we also mm. share, we're like, we're all about health is, is also mindfulness it's what mm. you eat so we share recipes that my grandma used to use wow. like yeah so we're all about sharing that whole kind of aspect and and educating people we don't just use our platform to just share our products we try to create value and educate our our abati community mm. yeah. and what changes do you think we can expect to see from the industry over the next few years I think there again, the whole biotech and just like going even more into science and combining that with time-honored traditions and rituals. Mm. I think that's something we're going to see more and more. And um, I think it's going to be normal for companies to, I mean, everyone's like, most companies are going into sustainable direction mm. anyway, into clean beauty, which is amazing that it's becoming the norm. Yeah. And that's also why we're, I mean, it's the foundation of Abati. It's always going to be there and that's like, so close to our heart but we are not as vocal about it anymore as we used yeah. to be in the beginning which i think is kind of shifting because it's becoming more and more normal to have mm. those projects so we're more vocal about the science aspect about the performance of the product so that's kind of where we're seeing a shift also in the consumer and what they're looking for and um yeah, because the people that want to read more about it than they can, it's like it's everything's there. Mm. But I think really being vocal about what good it like the product using the product does for a person, and yeah, at the same time like them knowing that they're also they're not only doing good for themselves, but they're going mm. doing good for others. I think it's kind of like a fine line of of how you communicate it to the consumer. Mm, agreed. My final question: What is next for Abati Swiss? So for us, I mean, we've done the work. Everything's mm -hmm. here now. Like we've we've done so much work in R and D and with our researchers and everything. It's now like time for us to really go out there and be vocal about it and mm -hmm. share the 
the research that we've done and the results that we're getting. So I think that's where we're now finally saying that we're now ready to really like be vocal about it and share our story and share yeah, what our is that or what our products can do for people. That was Shireen Derrick, co-founder of Abati Swiss, which you can find on Instagram at Abati Swiss. To read more, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me. The Glow Journal podcast would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced. We pay our respects to elders past and present.